Saludos mi gente, we hope everybody is in good health, and whether you're starting your day or finishing it out, thanks for listening. In today's episode, our guest is Norberto Torres Jr., my big brother. It's always a pleasure to talk to him. I'm so excited that he's on the show with us today. And if you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and subscribe. If you leave a comment, that will help us out immensely. And always share. Thank you very much. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, bro. So let's uh let's get to it, man. How long have you been a pastor's kid? <laughs> you don't have um, to say years. You can say my whole life. Pretty, well, pretty <laughs> much my whole life. Pretty much my whole life. I know that dad started pastoring, I guess, when I was around seven years old. And I'm going to be 50 this coming March. Yipes. So whatever that time is. Yeah, somebody, <laughs> somebody will do the math. Yeah. Yeah, man. You're, you're a pastor now as well. Yes. How long have you been pastoring? We've been pastoring. The ministry is going to be 13 years. Actually, uh, this month is going to be 13 years. That time flies. It does. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. You've been there 13 years. Do you think that being a pastor's kid had anything to, to do with you being a pastor right now? Or you think that it's separate from that experience? It's both a yes and no question. No, because it's, you know, because I'm a pastor's kid doesn't mean I had to be a pastor. You know, that's, that's all, it's always a call, a calling from God. It's not, it's not something that's handed down from generation to generation where people might think, you know, it's a career. It's, it's more than a career. It's a calling, which is different. So in that sense, no, but in the sense of all the influence that I, I've gotten from from my dad and my mom. Yeah, definitely it has prepared me, has shown me a lot of stuff. It's kind of funny because my father or dad, yeah. <laughs> he never sat us down to tell us, "Oh, you know, if you're ever pastor, this is what you got to do." Uh, he never sat down and told us that. We just saw what a pastor should do. We always saw that he was firm and you know faithful always looking for god i remember sometimes coming into the room like the the living room and dad's praying there all the lights are off and he's kneeling down and he's praying so in that sense yes in that sense yes it, it, it had to do with me being being a pastor with the influence that i've gotten from from dad when did you feel that calling like a pastoral calling i i don't know exactly when was the calling? I always, I always wanted to do something for the Lord, and every every time you go to campamento or there's a big service, you know, and you pass to the front because you feel God tugging on you, and 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 you know you want to get closer to Him and you want to do His will. I always felt like there was something, a calling. I thought that maybe it had to do with music. You know, I played guitar. I thought that. For a while, I thought it had to do like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go out and give conferences. You know, I'm going to be one of these people that they're going to invite to the convention. And I'm going to bring a conference on whatever topic. Because I like to teach, which is another thing that secularly, that's my job. I'm a teacher. So 
you know, I always felt that calling, but specifically for pastoring, uh, I didn't, I didn't want that. (laughs) I knew what it was, what it is, but you know, there was a time when, uh, my father was about to retire quote unquote from a church and some people from the, from the, uh, from the board of the church, the leaders, uh, they suggested to my father to leave us as pastors. And, you know, that's kind of like when it, it start. I really started thinking, is this really my calling? Um, and there was a big, long process, tough at times. But long story short, when my father left the church, you know, to retire, uh, we, we decided to go to, an, you know, look for another church because we didn't want to be any kind of disturbance in it with, for the new pastor. Because my father was a pastor for that church for 28 years. So I didn't want people to come to me and say, oh, look, your father didn't do that. You know, your father doesn't do this thing that way. So we figured, you know, let's just look for another church. And in the process of looking for another church, we found a church which we thought, yeah, this is great. This has a, a good children's ministry, which was very important to us. And also Bible based, of course. And we said, okay, I think this is the church. And um, one of the services that we, you know, we went to, a preacher came. Nobody, nobody knew. I didn't know him. I'd never seen him before. And in that church, they didn't know that we were, I, we were, you know, coming from a pastoral family. That nobody, we didn't tell anybody. So we were just like regular people coming in, trying to find a church. But then we felt that God spoke to us through the message. And when we went up to the front, God just started speaking directly to us and telling us, this is the time to do what I've called you to do. You know, you have to do it now. You know, I'm very, very specific. He said, you know, talked about how the experience that we had gone through, which I don't want to go into details, but, you know, very specific and the Lord said, "Is now is the time. So that's when we really decided to plant a church because that's what we did. We planted a church. The change that dad made when he left there is one of my personal, I don't want to say worst memories, but one of the, one ba- a bad memory I have as a pastor's kid. And also I was talking to Misai, which is our brother. That's one of his uh, not so fond memories of of being a pastor's kid. As far as, as your experience, we all come from the same parents. We all come, we were raised in, under the same roof, the same way, but everybody's different. What was your least favorite memory as a pastor's kid? It, whether you were younger or, or now, I mean, I don't know if anybody ever brings that up anymore, being <laughs> that you're the pastor now. There's, you know, different different things that can come to my mind. You know, now, if I were to say like now, as pastoring right now, uh, the people that know dad and mom, they're still kind of comparing. Yeah. <laughs> comparing me with him. And we're all different, like you said. We're all different. And it's not that they do it in a bad way, but I kind of smile. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you know, inside I'm saying, well, you know, I'm not my father. I, that's not how I am. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, not not such a good thing. And I don't take it personal, but 
And but when I was small, I remember one of the things that I didn't like, you know, as being a pastor's kid, and probably not every pastor's kid has this experience because well, when we moved from uh, New York to New Brunswick, the church was at the bottom, and the apartment, I don't know. I can't say the pastor's house because yeah. it wasn't a house. It was the pastor's apartment, I guess. It was upstairs. And I remember a lot of times, many times that, you know, people just go upstairs. They, they go upstairs and, you know, huh, I need a drink of water. They just go and grab a cup, open the, the gabinete and, and just go. And, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, this is not your house this is our this is our place yeah. you can't just in, come in here and invade but that happened many times many times feeling my home or the place where i is supposed to be my home you know invaded that really i didn't like that yeah that was you know one of the things that i as a pastor's kid i really didn't like <laughs> i remember those times right upstairs no no doors were locked but on the on the flip side, what has been the best thing about being a pastor's kid? Your happiest happiest memory? Um, I thank God because I think there's been more happy times than bad times. Well, at least that's how I see it. You know, the Bible says that we need to look at the good things, think about the good things. So definitely, I I feel like there were more good times than bad times. One thing that I see it as something good, and I see it as a an honorable memory when I was in high school and I think everybody goes through this where you're trying to decide which path to take because just because you're born in a Christian home or in a pastor's home doesn't mean you're going to be saved you know everybody has to make their own decision their personal choice mm -hmm. so I kind of like hadn't done that you know, and I was questioning God and I was like, you know, I, I believe in you, God. Uh, I trust in you. I know you did the heavens and the earth. I don't believe in this big band theory and all of that stuff. You know, why do we have to be stuck in church all the time? Why they got to be service Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and then Sunday morning and then Sunday evening? Because that's how it was before. <laughs> <laughs> and I like sports. You know, I like sports and, and I couldn't get involved in sports because basically the sports that I like the most is basketball and, and football. And a lot of these sports were like on Fridays and Friday was like a big no-no. That's Dia de los Jovenes mm -hmm. is a culto that you can't make any compromiso. You can't any commitment. Forget about it. So I had that doubt, like, do I have to be here all the time? You know, I don't, I don't think I have to be here all the time to to believe in God. So I was I was praying. I was praying. Nobody knew. Nobody knew about it. And God used another person that that I didn't know, which Brother Tino. You know, we went to a convention. And he he's from he was from the area of Chicago. I never seen him before, and God used him. He ministered to me directly, and I was like, okay, I know that I'm in the right place you know, fine. And I felt great. So that Sunday after the convention, I was happy, man. I was like, God spoke to me, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go live my life for God. And in that Sunday service at the local church, at dad's church, the service was, was the Holy Spirit was moving. You felt God's presence. And I was enjoying the service because now I, you know, I'm sure what I want, but then I got a 
like a voice inside my head saying, what are you, what are you praising God for? Weren't you thinking about leaving church? Weren't you thinking about like, you don't have to be here all the time. And I started struggling with that, with that thought. And you know how Pentecostal, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, <laughs> you know, but it kept on, you know, like it, I kept on thinking about it and thinking about it. And then it dawned on me that I never really went up to the front and as the Lord for my, to, you know, to come into my heart and accept Jesus Christ as my savior. And I was like, man, I don't think I've ever done that. But then I was like, okay, I want to do it. But then the problem is the one that I got to go up to the front is my father. <laughs> and I'm like, what is my father going to think that I've been in church all the time? I've been playing the guitar. I've taken parts. And now I'm going to go up to the front to ask for, for Jesus Christ to come into my heart. And that was another struggle. But I said, you know what? I'm going to shut the devil up and I'm just going to go up there. And it was, it was tough. It was tough to go up to, to dad mm -hmm. and say to dad, I said, you know, I want to set Jesus as my savior. It was tough. But I after, you know, I, I was able to go up and, you know, he didn't say anything. He was happy to make the prayer for, with me. And I made the prayer. And from that moment on, I, I, you know, I've been serving the Lord. And he never questioned me mm -hmm. about, you know, like, why did you take so long? Or what were you doing? Or nothing like that. We just kept on, you know. And but now that I see it, that that at on that day it was hard. It was probably I could maybe in that day I say that's that was probably the worst <laughs> I ever felt. But now seeing how God worked and and see how my father accepted me and, and didn't question me or nothing like that. I see that as a wonderful experience. You know, one of the, the best experience as a pastor's kid that my own father prayed for me so I can accept Jesus as my savior. And I praise God because we have been able to pass that on also to our kids. We've had the privilege to pray with our kids. Our kids have approached us and say, you know, I want to accept Jesus Christ as our savior. It was it was a privilege for us to do that too with our kids. That's awesome, and it is a, a something to really think about. Just like how you said, you know, you're always in church, and you're always trying to do the right thing, and you're asking your dad. One of the things that I like about mom and dad that they were parents and and they were pastors. They were able to kind of they juggle the juggle well <laughs> because sometimes. They did talk to us as parents, and sometimes they talked to us as pastors, and that's a that's a good one, man. That's a good one having to having to come up and and ask your dad for a prayer, in something so so intimate, and and it'd be your dad. So that's that's a pretty mm. cool thing, man. Yeah, it's a good memory. As far as being a musician, you're a musician also. Still, you've been a musician since since you were young. Do you feel that? You were playing because you wanted to play or playing because you felt like I'm the pastor's kid and at my dad's church, I have to help out with the music? Not not really. I didn't, I never felt like that. Uh, I don't think it was like, oh, nobody's playing. Let me play. Or actually, there were people playing, but it wasn't. You were like, let me play. No, actually, my interest for playing came before we before we even came to New Brunswick, because um, my father has this friend, 
His name is Dionisio Muñiz, and he used to play the guitar. I remember him playing the guitar when we, we used to live in Puerto Rico. He would come over the house and he would play. And I, I don't know, I've always liked that. And then when we were in New York, he he was in, I guess he lived close by or something. And then dad said he wanted to start getting guitar lessons, right? So he started trying to teach dad some stuff. And then the the three chords that dad learned, he showed me. <laughs> and then from there on, uh, when we came to New Brunswick is, was when I really got more into it and learned more about it and then practiced and, and became the uh, like the musician of the church. But if my father's ever in the room or in the church or whatever, and uh, I'm playing the guitar, he always has to say, well, you see how he's playing? I was the one that taught him taught how to play the play. guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my experience as, as far as getting interested in music. I've always liked music. I mean, I, and I thought I was going to play the drums, you know. Well, when I was in the church in Puerto Rico, I would sit right next to the drummer. Hmm. And I would do the air, air drum, you know, and all this stuff. But my wife, she says she thanks God I was never a drummer. Because <laughs> she says if, if I was a drummer, she probably wouldn't have been interested in it. She, doesn't, <laughs> she don't like the banging stuff. Yeah, it's funny, so, But that's, that's how uh, I became interested in music. And, it, you know, and I was listening, when I was listening to the interview with Misael, our brother, I started remembering a lot of the stuff, how it was before, you know, how we all started. It was crazy because the way that we picked up the ear, mm -hmm. you know, we developed the ear for the music was through this lady that she she never learned she didn't she didn't know about music but she could she was she could sing it was Paquita and I remember like before I wasn't practicing mm -hmm. before it was somebody get up there and you try to find where they're at and you try to follow them and that was on the spot right yeah. there to try to get the, the the key where the person was was singing at or at least trying to sing some of them. <laughs> You know, we would look at her and she would nod with her head, you know, <laughs> side to side, like, nope, that's not the key. Nope, that's not the key. And just that was her. And then when she would say yes, I'm like, OK, yeah, we're on the right key. And then start playing the the progression, the progression. Right. You know, and it was all it was thinking back and, and, and remembering all the stuff. It was it was great. It was a great experience. And I'm going to tell you something, bro. Those songs that Paquita and Maribel and Judy those songs weren't easy bro no yo no. <laughs> they had some crazy changes yeah they had some crazy yeah. changes and to play that right I mean I didn't know those songs until they sang them it's like brand new and you're trying to find these these chords and it's it's pretty cool man and I, yeah I was talking to Misa Island about that and I enjoy the fact that that's how I learned I learned pretty pretty rough <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you know, and I don't remember if I discussed this with Misael, but the reason I started playing, because I thought that you looked so cool playing. <laughs> <laughs> I said, man, nah. yo, this guy looks super cool up there with his semi-mullet, you know, because that was <laughs> cool back then. And you're playing guitar, bro. Everybody looks at a, at a guitar player. He's like a rock star, you know. And you had the you had the leather jacket kind of pushed back, like uh. like Miami Vice. 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, that was that was one of the reasons, you know, I didn't get like this heavenly thing that happened to my life. I was like, man, I want to be cool like my brother. But I can't tell my brother that. He can't know that I think he's cool. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's that's one of the reasons that that I was like, man, I want to play something cuz I want to I want to look cool like like my big brother. Actually, that also opened the door to meet my wife cuz you know, playing with a group. Yeah, there you that's go. That's how, you know, that's how I met my wife playing with the Redimidos, Redimidos. from Lakewood. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, dude, that that was those were those were good times, man. Those were good times. Yes. 117 French Street. That's right. <laughs> Uh, those are good times, bro. To close off, I would like for you to maybe, as I'm asking, go ahead and think a little bit. For a person that that is maybe your age, uh, maybe a little bit younger, that is in church, that is maybe a pastor's kid that's listening to us right now, that has gone to church and maybe has, has lost their way, what are your words to them? As far as, you know, because we all go through some struggles. We all go through some rough times. And we all have our doubts because everybody's, everybody's, we're all human. We're all human. Mm -hmm. So right. a person maybe your age, maybe a little bit younger, that's going through that, that stage where they're not sure or doubting or even doubting that, that there is a God. What do you have for them? Like I said, my experience i could i could say what was my experience and again i think it has to do also with the parents like we were blessed we we're blessed to have the parents that that we had that we have and what they taught us because when i was in that doubting moment i did what our parents taught us which was to pray i always say this god wants to reveal himself at all times, that's what he wants to do. And he doesn't really make it hard. He doesn't make it hard for people to find him. He actually tries to make it easy. If you have that desire to know the truth, because, you know, it's like, oh, no, well, I, I want to know if, if God is real. Well, I, I want to know, uh, you know, if there is a God. No. If you just simply want to know the truth and you say, whatever is out there, whoever's the creator. And I'm not saying, oh, you know, any religion is is good. You know, as long as you, you, you follow that religion, that's not what I'm talking about. Because we don't, we don't preach religion. We, we preach a relation, relationship with God, which is that's what he wanted from the beginning. That's what he established from the beginning, a relationship with God. And that, that's in every human being. I was telling somebody the, just the other day, I don't, you know, I don't really believe, I'm sorry, but I don't really believe that, that someone can say, oh, I don't believe in anything. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't think anything, uh, all these religions, uh, this God stuff and faith stuff is, is not true. Because that is part of us. That is part of the human being. And it's always going to be there. And it's the human being is always going to struggle with that. And they'll try to cover it up. They'll try to cover it up with addiction. They'll try to cover up with trying to get a high position, you know, being successful in life. And they'll try to cover it up. But no matter how much you cover something up, it's still there. It's still there. So have that honest, 
truthful question and said, you know, I really want to know what is the truth. And God's going to reveal himself to you. Who told Abraham that there was a God? He thought about it for himself because it was inside of him. And God revealed himself to him. You know, God, God speaks. When you really, from your heart and honestly, look for that, God reveals himself to you. And then you don't have to rely on somebody saying something or the other. You rely on your own relationship with God, which is the best thing. Because now you know for sure. You know, you're not going by what somebody else tells you. You're going by what your experience, what what your personal encounter with God has been. Personal relationship. Yeah, that's it. Thank you for your words, Pucci. Norberto, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your words, man. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for being part of What Would a PK Say? It's an honor for me to to have you on the show. You're my older brother. You still cool? Even though I don't have the half mullet. <laughs> nah. Well, now you're cool because it's, it's cool to shave your head now. So nah. you still look like a rock star though, bro. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. but Well, you have your twins. <laughs> if nothing else, you have your twins to tell you, Daddy, you look awesome. Yeah, yeah. True, <laughs> true. No, but uh, I'm also privileged to be a part of this. Um, I'm proud of of you of you know how god is using you because this is a, a way of god using you too you know uh you're reaching people so that's good you know that's that's the whole purpose of this to reach people you know and somebody is like uh what so what what does the pk say well everything has to do with the word of god our experiences with god so i'm sure that this is reaching people and, and making people think seeing things in a different way um, so I think you're doing a good job and I'm pl- proud of you and I'm, and I'm proud to be here. Thanks, brother. And I call you my little big brother. Yeah, man. Yeah, come on <laughs> up. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. Love you, bro. Take care. Love you, man. Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.